You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. So this morning is the last kind of message that we're talking about. As you guys know, we've been thinking and focusing on who's your one. And, uh, and so continue to keep praying through that. I've got a week or two left on my prayer guide, and I don't know how you're working your way through it. It's been helpful to me. It's just been a discipline. It's been a, a framework. It's, it's helped me just to kind of process and work through and just keep focused. I went to my Who's Your One and uh, went to Dunkin' Donuts and got uh, coffee and I bought munchkins. By the way, I don't know if it's still a thing or not, but you can get like 10 munchkins for like $2 or you can get like 25 munchkins for $7. And I looked at the lady, I'm like, is that right? And she said, yes. And I said, well, I can do that math. I'll take two $10 munchkins for four bucks, you know, and she's like, yeah, I don't know what that's all about. I usually have to tell people. So anyway, find some way to to reach out and care for folks and pray for them and touch them with the gospel this morning. So go ahead and take your Bible and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've spent quite a bit of time in chapter 5, but we're actually going to be halfway through chapter 6 by the time that we're done this morning. And I want to share with you what it means for us to be an ambassador for Christ. That's really the heart behind what we've been talking about and really been taking the season and and grateful that Paul the Apostle focused so much on this to really help us to to realize that, you know, our purpose in life, guys, is not just to take up space. It's not to pay the taxes. It's not just to to, uh, breathe in oxygen, you know, 24-7 for our entire life. God has a much bigger purpose in our life. And it's really to invest in the lives of the people around us. And that's what we've been talking about. And consequently, he makes us an ambassador. We literally carry a title. If uh, if God, if there were a uniform as a Christian, we would all be issued a uniform with a badge, you know, or the shield that said ambassador. We'd have it on our license plates or whatever. But that's who we are. When we get up in the morning... You may feel like, you know, I don't really serve any big purpose in this world or life or whatever, but you're an ambassador or online, that kind of thing, is that we represent him in the world around us. And last time I checked, he's a really big God, and he really has got some plans and some things in the world around us, and he wants to use us. So we need to keep that mindset and that frame of reference, if you will, for our lives. So read with me just a few verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read verse, uh, verse 20 and 21. The Bible says this, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you, we urge you on behalf of Christ, we're His ambassador, we're speaking on His behalf, be reconciled to God. That was their message to people. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Pray with me, guys. Father, we are grateful in this Christmas season that You have made us ambassadors. We carry Your name, we carry Your authority, we carry Your message. And the message is is that for our sake, not, not for Yours, You don't gain anything by this salvation that we do. For our sake, Jesus became sin. And he never knew, had anything to do with it, knew nothing of it personally. And yet, he 
took on all of our sins to the point that he became sin for us so that we in turn might be his righteousness, your righteousness in place. So Father, we're grateful for that. Help us to uh, anew and afresh to think about what it means for us to be an ambassador. And Lord, we confess. I, we confess that we go through days and maybe even weeks where we lose that concept in our heart and our mind and we know it's a truth and we know it's there, but it kind of gets put on the back burner on the shelf and just... And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to consciously to live and speak and to carry ourselves in a way that we today and tomorrow and the next day are your ambassadors. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Three things I want to notice in this passage in the first part of chapter 6 that we'll talk about here in just a minute, but three things about what it means for us to be an ambassador. Ambassadors speak with the, the power of the, uh, and the authority of the one that they represent. They don't have any power in and of themselves. Their power is found in someone else. They speak on their behalf. They speak at their, um, at their uh, pleasing, at their pleasure, and they serve, and they... They live and they represent that power behind them. And so for us as followers of Jesus Christ, the first thing about being an ambassador that I want us to realize is it is a great privilege to be an ambassador for Jesus. It's a huge privilege. When I was in high school for a couple of years, I delivered flowers for Bronson's Florist in Torrington, Connecticut. It was a small little private independent floor, so I'd get out of school, you know, and I'd get home and I'd, I'd walk down to the floor shop or whatever and... And then I would drive all around town delivering the flowers that, you know, had been ordered over the last day or so. And I mean, I did, I went to funeral homes and hospitals and hospital rooms and uh, homes and just, just all over the place, weddings, just all kinds of flowers. And, uh, and it was kind of cool. You know, most people when they get flowers kind of have a smile on their face. I could always tell when the boyfriend really messed up, you know, when the girl like, you know, kind of looked at me like, oh no, I'm like, oh wow, she's not even ready for flowers yet. But most often I got the the big smiles, right? And it was kind of cool. It was nice to make somebody's day, and that was my job. So in, in those flowers, you know, usually there was a message, you know, a, a note that the person who had stopped by had bought them. This was before Internet. You don't just order it, you know. I mean, like people had to legit write out a card and that kind of thing. And there was usually a note in there, you know, I love you, I'm sorry, or whatever, or, you know, condolences or that kind of thing. I was an ambassador for that person. I didn't pay for the flowers. I didn't write the message out. I was just the messenger boy. I delivered the news, delivered the goods to the other individual, and it was kind of a fun job for a high school student. You know, I got to make people's day, and it was pretty awesome. You and I have an even greater privilege is that we represent our Lord Jesus. He's the one that paid the price for the gift that He offers this Christmas season, the gift of salvation, the gift of a relationship, the gift of forgiveness, and and joy in life, and we get to be just like that. We get to go and share that news, to share that, that gift with somebody else. And when they receive that, not just the joy and the smile on their face, not just the joy in their heart, but the, the oneness that they have with God, the brand new life that we talked about last week, that even though life may be just awful or whatever, that God gives them a hope and an eternity and assurance and all of those incredible things because of Jesus who died for him. So for you and for me this morning to be an ambassador, it is a high, high privilege. 
And we speak on behalf of God Himself. Notice the Bible says, I mean, I want us to capture the depth of this, that God, in verse 20, making His appeal through us. That it's, it's, when you and I speak to other individuals about Jesus, when we are talking to them about Him, when we're beginning to have that spiritual conversation, it is as if God Himself is in the room speaking. That's the power of an ambassador is they represent that authority. It is as if that person is there in the room. And when you and I talk to them, the God of heaven is speaking through us. Now, we could take that very pridefully and heady, and we could say some awful things like, you've got to listen to this because I'm God. I don't think that's what the Bible is telling us this morning. But what it is telling us is this, is that we need to get over the sense of like, well, who am I to be able to have this conversation? We need to get over a person that we might think that, well, they're not going to like this, or maybe they might be this or that. Or We live in a world today where you can talk about everything under the sun. You can chastise people for using you know, disposable drinking straws, and you can talk to them about, you know, about the big issues in the politics of the day. But we live in an unfortunate environment where it's almost wrong to talk about anything of any kind of faith or anything like that, and it just people immediately just back up. Well, we need to realize as followers of Jesus, God, we stand under His authority. The authority in this world that we follow is not the world what's accepted or not accepted. We answer to a much higher calling who's over all of this. We serve at His behalf. And when we speak and we have those conversations with individuals, we are in God's shoes, as it were, speaking and representing Him. Now, if you notice... The message that we're sharing is, is that people need to be reconciled to God. You know, the message isn't reconcile yourself. It isn't go and become a religious person so that you can make God happy, that you can kind of take care of some of your junk. Instead is, hey, God needs to reconcile you, but you need to be willing to allow God to do that. Be reconciled. Let God do something in your heart. Respond to what He's doing and be reconciled. Now, as soon as you and I begin to share that message with somebody, before they recognize that they are ready to be reconciled to God, they've got to come to terms to come to grips with the fact that they are unreconciled. And that's where the challenge is, is it not? Everybody wants to think they're okay with God. And you and I are in that position where we're like, well, that sounds good, but, you know, reality is you're, you're, you're not. And, and that's where the confrontation begins. And that's the stuff that we know, you know, it'd be great to just walk around and tell everybody, oh, you're good, everything's good, you're going to heaven, you're already reconciled to God, everything's great, oh, fantastic, you're in. That would be an easy conversation to have. But we know when we get challenged and we begin talking to them like, uh, you're not okay, there's some stuff probably maybe that you did somewhere along the line that God's not too pleased with. And because of that, God's offended and you're not reconciled to God, but He wants to be. That's where the, the confrontation begins to come into play. That's where the challenge is. So I want to help you and I this morning to, to count the cost. Whether we have that conversation with somebody or whether we give them an invitation, I hope you'll take those and invite some people. Whether we take the little card that's in the seat in front of you. Do you guys see the the little little business card, you'll just see it like that much of it sticking up. Seeing the little pockets in front of you, they're brand new, they've never been there before. Whether you give them one of these cards or not, this card is kind of 
it's a confrontational matter. This card is kind of cool. What you can do with this, and I, I encourage you to do it. It's designed to leave with somebody. If you go to a restaurant and you leave them a nice tip, don't do this if you leave them a dollar and you spend $100 or whatever you're spending. That's bad, right? But leave them a good tip. And on it, it's got a little thing on the back. You know, you can say thank you. You know, you can just, something that's personal. So many people go through life feeling invisible. Right now, with all of the craziness with COVID and all of the angry customers and all of the nonsense and all of that, people go through a day and nobody's almost been nice to them. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's such a chore. You can even, at the lady at the checkout at Walmart or Target, you can even just give them a little, you know, buy a Starbucks gift card or a Dunkin' Donuts or a a Cumberland Farms coffee card, you know, or whatever, and just give it to them and just say, thank you for being doing such a good job today. You know, you're going to drop some money on food and groceries. I mean, you can go to your mechanic. You're probably paying, spending 500 bucks anyway to get your car repaired. What's a $5 gift card on top of that bill? Just build it into your, you know, your auto repair thing. But when they, when they go to this website that says you were seen, they will have a chance to see the gospel, to hear the stories of others, and to look at it. And it's an easy way for you and I to invest in those. But regardless, whatever we do, there's a confrontational side to it that we need to recognize. Nobody, nobody gets into heaven or has a relationship with God without coming to full grips with that they're a sinner before God in heaven. Now, you can do that nicely or you can do it really rather mean-like. If you take the little booklet, take the grab the little booklet in front of you, and if you're at home, I apologize. You guys don't have this since you can't see it, so I'm gonna have to describe it for you. But I did not did not think of this kindergarten show and tell moment until after my uh, PowerPoint videos were done. But flip to the back page of this. This is a very contextual booklet that helps people understand the gospel today. And days gone by, if you wanted to share the gospel with somebody, you would just say, you know, God loves you, but you're a sinner. That's assuming people believe in God, know what God is like, even care whether or not God loves them. We're in a different world today. People are like, well, what's God to you? And I don't know if God exists, and I don't all of this. So if you start there, you already are like, you're behind the curve. So this one starts a little bit differently. And this one especially focuses on brokenness. See the second circle, the brokenness? It doesn't talk about God's love for you. It talks around the world. If you read through the booklet, it talks about a design, that there was an intention for this world. It should be better than it really is. And it goes on to explain the brokenness that's around us and things are not the way we want and expect and explains how sin is the cause of it and explains to them what Jesus has done to begin to fix that. So along that way, as you talk with people, you don't have to come poke them in the... I punch them in the face, say, oh, you're just this wicked sinner. But start the conversations with them about what they expect out of life. So a couple of recommendations as we think about what it means to be that privilege, to have that privilege as an ambassador, to share with people to how to deal with the, that confrontational side of things. Something that Jesus did is, is what we need to do more and more. And I was never taught this way when seminary. I've never taught this, modeled this growing um, in church or that kind of thing. But if you look carefully at how Jesus shared with people who weren't followers of him already, most often, more often than not, he simply asked them questions. He didn't pull out a three-point outline for them. 
He didn't send him a link to his latest sermon. He asked him questions. Remember the, the, the man, the, the rich young ruler that came to Jesus? Good teacher, what must I do to be saved? What did Jesus do? Did he give him a three-point step? He says, why do you call me good? Well, why do you do that? You know, there's none good but one, God, right? He was actually confronting him on two levels. I'm God, and you're really not realizing that. And you really don't understand what it means to be good. And then he, what did he say next? He said, what's the law say? What do you know? He says, well, to keep all the law. And Jesus, in, 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 as they talked through it, he's like, I've done all that stuff. And Jesus said, okay, now I got your attention. You got one more thing. Go home, sell everything you've got, and then come follow me. You know what Jesus was doing? He was speaking to the man's conscience. See, inside of every human being, God is placed because their main image of God is a conscience. That's why even people who are not spiritual people, who are not particularly really moral people, feel bad when they do good things because there is a conscience in their mind and heart. And for you and I to be ambassadors of Jesus, we've got to speak to the conscience. We've got to speak to what's on the inside, not what's on the outside. And one of the best ways to do that is to ask questions. So think of it this way. You've got your who's your one. Rather than saying, okay, i got to build myself up, i got to make sure that I sit down and talk with them through this track or whatever, all of these things, you may actually be in a very different spot. You're con you may just need to be where you need to have a spiritual conversation with them. And it could go something like this. You could be sitting over lunch or whatever and know that the person's down, or maybe you're a little down, and just say, you know, honestly, I'm a little down today. Hey, where do you turn to when you need hope? What do you do when you need encouragement? Well, what do you mean? Well, I was just, I was just curious. What, what helps you? And as you listen and as you have a heart conversation with them, not probing, I'm not talking about being weird, you're not asking to go, you know, huge deep in their life, but just something to make that conversation go to a, what's a very spiritual question, whether they realize it or not. And then you, in turn, can say, talk about what you ultimately find hope in. And it's a very natural kind of thing to do. If you're going to be an ambassador for Christ, I encourage you to ask questions. I encourage you to be willing to have heart conversations with people. This is probably the biggest struggle that most of us have. You know why? Most people in this world don't know how to have genuine heart conversations. I don't know why, but we grow up and we keep conversations very shallow until the emotions run rampant, and then we just say all kinds of stuff. But we don't know how to just make heart conversations like man-to-man, like -man, heart, woman-to-woman, -woman, whatever. Just speak on that heart level. But if you're going to be a good ambassador, be willing to do that. Be willing to open up. Maybe you've got somebody who's been a friend for years for a long time, and those can be a difficult time. You've got 20 years in a relationship where you've watched football games with them or had them over for dinner or been a co-worker with them, sweated with them, what, whatever your thing is and however you know them in life. And you've talked about everything under the sun, how you both hate the Patriots, how you like your turkey to be fixed and what you're doing with the kids. You know their kids and grandkids or whatever. Like You know these people. But you've never once broached the subject of God or church or Jesus. They can be the hardest to share with. But you know what you can do with them is say, and this is hard, but you can say, you know what, I, need? I owe you an apology. What do you owe me an apology for? You know, I've known you for 20 years, and I have no idea what you think 
believe spiritually? What, what do you what do you believe about God? I mean, that's kind of abrupt, abrupt, for sure. But you can maybe even say, you know, I I, I need I need an apology. There's something that's been really important in my life, and I've never even once talked to you about it. I would love the chance to share that sometime. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, I, you you know, I go to church, but you know, I don't know if I've ever told you why that's important to me. Church is not that big of a thing, you know. To be honest with you, sometimes I get what the guy's saying, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I like the music, sometimes I don't. But there's something that's bigger, and that's a personal relationship with, with God, and I would love to talk about you that sometime. And if the person gets real squirrely or whatever, would, you know, you, okay, you don't have to go any further. But if there's kind of an openness, then do. But somewhere along the line, you've got to be willing to just have that heart step into the water, and whatever makes sense to you, these are not Christian pickup lines. Whatever, whatever makes sense to how in your brain and your heart in the middle of that relationship is to go there and begin to, to talk with them and engage where they are in life. Ask about what's important in life. Notice when they're struggling, you know, working through, well, how do you get hope? How do you find encouragement? Maybe if you don't know anything, another one you could say is, what do you think happens in the afterlife? You don't even think about life after death. You don't even need to focus on death, but... What do you think? What do you think God is really like? What do you think we were really put here on earth for? But have those conversations because those are the conversations that begin to help people think through in their own mind. How do you get forgiven when you need forgiveness? How do you overcome guilt? Those are the things that people begin to think and begin to make them thirsty for the gospel. Begin to create a conversation that God can work in the middle of their life and you can have that and share it with them. So first thing with all of that is it is an incredible privilege to be an ambassador for Jesus. But it means that we not only pray and care, but somewhere along the way we share. We invite them to something. We give them something to watch, to read. We speak, speak to them, but something that they can hear the message that there's a God in heaven who made Jesus to be sin. And there's an exchange that he wants to have happen so that they can be reconciled to God. He wants to take their guilt and their shame and in turn give them their righteousness. And you can help them do that if they're willing. And we dare not, verse couple of verses in chapter 6, shrink back from that responsibility. Verse 1 and 2 of chapter 6, when he says, In a favorable time I've listened to you, in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul is not telling this church in Corinth, hey, you need to be saved today. Actually, what he's telling them is, hey, now is the time to be spreading that message around. Don't wait for the perfect time. I've said this before. Well, I'm just waiting for the right time. And the next day goes by. Well, I'm just, it's not quite the right time. They're not quite ready. I'm not ready. Well, what's it going to take? Now's the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. God reaches down to us. And so we make that commitment and we step forward. Second thing I want you to notice, not only the privilege of being an ambassador, but the, 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 the ambassador's purity. It takes a character in our life if we're going to do this well. Look at what verse 4 says, But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. By great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots and labors, sleepless nights, hunger. 
Paul says, look, we commend ourselves. We're in every way with a great endurance. If you and I are going to be an ambassador for Jesus, it's going to cost us something. We've talked a little bit about this along the way. Paul, as he talks about beatings and endurance and riots and imprisonments and hardships and afflictions, these are all external things that you and I don't have control over. You see, when you and I are as followers of Jesus, when we, want to, when we live this way, there's going to be challenges. It's going to be real. Now, I've never been beaten for Jesus, but I have faced hardships. Never been thrown in prison, but I have faced afflictions. And you will too, and many if not most of you have. These are external things beyond our control. But our character of life means that we, we endure those. And we suffer those things. This is the exact opposite of what the world around us wants. You see, before Jesus, all of us just want to be happy. We just want to be left alone. We want our life to be secure. We, we want to make our way in this world to, to, to have and to, to live and make it about us. That's just human nature, right? I want a peaceful, happy, secure life. I want my family to experience that. I want my kids to experience it. I want my friends, the people I'm around, and I want everything to be good and happy. That's what we want. But as an ambassador, we serve at the pleasure of God. And as an ambassador, we know that our happiness and our comfort and our goals in life are not what's most important because the ambassador always serves with the authorities' goals in mind and not their own. So for you and I, what matters is that we're willing to serve God in heaven. And if it means we go through affliction, so be it. If it means that we're not so comfortable, so be it. If it means that we go through some difficulties, so be it. Because we serve at the pleasure of our God. And we don't serve at the pleasure of our own selves in this world. Oh, guys, when you trust Jesus as Lord of your life, you're not just receiving good things, if you will. You are but you're also signing up for some challenges in life. Now, God gives us grace and we walk through that, but there is this whole side of truly being willing to suffer for Jesus, so we have to be willing to go through that. And so there's a purity about our lives, a character, an endurance, that just because we face challenges or difficulties, we don't throw in the towel. Then there's an internal purity that Paul goes on and talks more about, our internal character. In verse 6, he says, by purity and knowledge and patience and kindness. I can't help but think of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You see, when you and I live as ambassadors, if we're going to be effective in sharing that message of salvation with people around us, there's a character of life about us, not just enduring difficult times to make sure that message gets out, but there's also going to be an internal character about us, a purity. How can we offer the message of salvation when we don't live a saved life, if you will? How can we offer the freedom from sin when in our life that we're still living in bondage and guilt? But instead, as ambassadors for Jesus, we live with purity and with a knowledge. And that patience is a, a, a willing to suffer long and to put up and endure with things. 
Because see, if you're going to be an ambassador, you're going to be around people who are not reconciled to God. And they act like they're not reconciled to God. They act like they're enemies of God. And they don't act like they're self, they're sacrificing for others. Instead, they act self-serving. And that's going to take patience on your part with your family, with your friends, to be in the middle of those relationships, to endure those difficulties, to turn, respond with kindness. When what's coming your way isn't so kind. So as as followers of Jesus, as His ambassadors, we endure, we continue, we hang in there, and we don't lose our Christian testimony internally. There's a purity of our life that God expects a stability to do that well. Third thing, and, and I'll be done. Not only do we need a purity of life, but there's also the ambassador's power. Notice they line up. They're kind of grouped. The first group was external things that happened to us that's bad. The second group is kind of stuff internal to us, our character. The third group is really the power, the stuff that makes us go, the stuff that helps us to really share the gospel in a way that other people trust Christ. And he tells us the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. You see, this next group are the things that, are, that give us the power to live and to share as ambassadors of Jesus. You know, and when you have your car, you know, some, some of you are like, well, I want the certain paint color. I want the of you are more like, well, that really matters to me, like what the transmission and the engine's all about and all that stuff, the practical side. It usually seems like people fall in two camps. I don't care what it looks like as long as it's drive and reliable and good. And Others are like, oh, no, it's got i got to have some styling going on if I'm going to go down the road, right? Two people are kind of in those two categories. I guess some of you guys care about both um, along that way. But when you think about a, a car, what this is, is this is the, this is, the gas. This is all about the combustion. This is about how many liters this engine is. What's the power behind this thing? This isn't about climate control and what cool gas. Helps us who are nobodies in this world to live a, a life that God actually can just use us to build His kingdom in the world around us. He's a big God and He does big things, but He does big things through His big power through little and average ordinary people. And He does it by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit working in you and working in that other person, bringing them to the point to where they realize they need something bringing them to a point in their life where they realize they need something more. Unfortunately, that often happens in painful times where you and I are sad or we go through difficulties or we see those around us. Oftentimes, that's when God's trying to get our attention that there's more to life. And it's the Holy Spirit who speaks in, into people's hearts that makes this thing really work and run. You can have a beautiful looking car on the outside and have all of it there, the drivetrain and the transmission, but if you don't have that engine block, it's all show and no go. And without these things, you and I are stuck. We're stuck in the driveway. We can't even put it in gear and go anywhere. But, but with the Holy Spirit in our life, 
He actually empowers and makes this possible. It's genuine love on our part. Genuine. Not fake. Not for manipulation. Not for show. When you give these cards out, do it with genuine care in your heart. Whether or not other people receive it is irrelevant. You do it in genuine care and love and mean it and act like it. When you share and talk with people, be genuine. There's power in that that helps people. When your friendships, be genuine and let God bear witness and take that in their life. See, don't miss that God takes those words and God takes all of those your approach and He uses it in their, in their life. Be truthful in your speech. Speak the truth of God's Word and God's grace. That's the power that changes lives. And then He comes out and He tells us, and it's the power of God, His what He does. These are our weapons of war. As ambassadors, you have so much more power. We do have so much more ability than we realize. It's kind of like having a, a Ferrari, I guess, and never getting it out of second gear. You know, it'd be like, well, I only just drive it through town and it looks good. The power of God in your life is incredible. See, here's the thing. When you and I live our life more with the typical American dream to just be happy and be comfortable, be at peace and get somewhere in the world. And even with a little bit, well, I want to change the world a little bit in there too. Okay, sprinkle some of that in there too. But when we wake up day after day and that's our what we're after, we're missing what an adventurous life it is like to live as God's ambassador in this world around us and how He wants to and will use us around us. And we miss the power of God at work in our lives and the power of God in other people's lives. Before we know it, life just becomes a routine, a mundane thing where we get up and go to bed, we get up and we make our coffee and we go to work and we do our thing and we rinse and repeat. And after a while, we start like, what is this all about? And no wonder we at times struggle with joy. And then we try to find seasons of joy like right now at Christmas and well it up. But the real long-lasting to get something out of life, guys, comes when we realize that God has us here for a much bigger purpose, to serve as His mouthpiece, to serve as His hands, His feet, His mouth, to impact and invest in the world around us and the people around us. And when we do, we get to experience the power of that whole spiritual engine, if you will, in our life. That's profound. So I don't know where you are and how this is hitting you this morning, but if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are an ambassador. And it's a high privilege that we carry His name and His authority and that everyone we speak and what we're, as we go out into life, we represent Him. That's incredible. It's incredible to think that, that God works in our life when it's going to take some purity and some endurance and all of those things, but God gives us that ability and His Holy Spirit helps us. It's His power that we rely on. And as we do that, we represent Him well and we get to participate and see and be a, a tangible, real part of God's redemptive plan in the world around us. Guys, that's the desire I have for my life. That's the desire I have for our church. That's the desire I have for your life, is to invest your life in those people around you. Some of you are stepping in the beginning of your life in college, thinking about the future. Some of you are on the tail end thinking about retirement or, or, or just retiring like Sean. 
this doesn't matter where you are in all of this. God wants you to look today about being His ambassador. Don't look too far ahead. Don't keep focusing in the past. But be His ambassador today. Take some of these tools. Find some other ways. If you don't like these, throw them away. Use something else. I don't know. There's dozens of them. But these are here for you this morning. I hope, I hope you'll take something. I hope you'll take one of these little cards and stick it in your wallet and use it. It's a simple little thing. It'll never help our church because these don't have any connection. I guess you could put our church name on if you want them. But that's not what I was thinking. But it'll help the kingdom. This one will help the kingdom, and you might see some people here and that you can minister to, but, but whatever tools you've got, use them for God's glory. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you that he died for us. Thank you for the privilege of being his ambassadors. And Father, uh, help us. God, we know that life can be so difficult, and we just, so many tasks and things at hand and to-do lists and problems and just making things work, whether it's our car or where we live or our jobs and headaches and challenges, and as well as trying to have fun. But Father, help us in the middle of all of that to realize and embrace and fulfill each of our calling to be your ambassadors in the world around us. Lord, whatever that means, I, my prayer is that each one of us today would go home with a tangible thing that we can do or to be reminded of or to focus on as we live out our life for you. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, God bless you. Have a, a good uh, hour, I hope. Hope you can either have breakfast, brunch, uh, or hang out online on Zoom. We'll have Steve Hall is going to be watching Zoom and helping us with your questions that you'll text in. But I just sent you out an email this morning, so uh, it should have the link in it again if you don't have it already. But we'll have our meeting. should be straight up at 12. So God bless you. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Visit us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or online at riveralbany.com.